My name is Mulika Mutuku and I'll be your host. Uh, today's podcast, we're focusing on the role of the church and sexuality. It's a reality that uh, today people are identifying themselves beyond the two genders that we're used to, uh, male and female. Today we have transsexuals, uh, we have people ranging through what we call the LGBT, and all these people are part of our society today. All these people are part of our families, and so we cannot ignore them, we cannot brush them off, we cannot pretend as if they do not exist. And the biggest question that comes to us as a community is, how do you relate with these people? What do you need to do to accommodate them? And these are the answers that we will be seeking uh, to get as we begin this conversation. I appreciate that this conversation is more complex than we are even able to address, but we are doing our duty in bringing light in small ways to this conversation and helping us as a Christian family know how to relate to people who do not identify themselves within the two genders as we are used to. And so today, uh, in this conversation, I have with me Ernest Wamboye, who's uh, a minister of the gospel. He has been uh, helping men deal with sexual challenges uh, and sexual sin. And also, together with me, I have Steve. Steve, uh, a Christian, a born-again Christian who struggles with the challenge of uh, an attraction to men. And as we have this conversation, I pray that the Spirit of God will open our minds to be able to hear what he is speaking to us. So, Steve and Ernest, Karibuni Sana, it's good to have both of you uh, together with me today. And I pray that uh, this conversation will be enriching not only to the listeners, but also to you, the participants. And so, to all my listeners, you are very much welcome. And uh, I just want to start off by asking uh, Steve to, or maybe let me start with Ernest. Please tell us just a bit about yourself and then uh, why, why this is important for you as a conversation. And then we will go to Steve, whom we will give a bit of time to tell us uh, about himself, why this is important to him also. All right. Thank you, Mulika. Thanks for having us here. And uh, nice to meet Steve. Steve and I have talked on social media, so it's such a great blessing to meet Steve. And my name is Anis Fomboe. I am a, a born-again Christian. Christ is Lord of my life. I am a husband and a father. And um, the topic today on sexuality, really any topic on sexuality and the church rings to my heart because um, it's part of my ministry. I minister to men 
who battle sexual addictions um, through a ministry called Powerhouse. A majority of the men who come to Powerhouse are men who are struggling with pornography addictions, masturbation addictions. But in the course of ministering since 2016, we've had people who've battled all kinds of sexual struggles. So this is coined my heart for that reason. It's also coined my heart for the latter reason that um, I've had a personal struggle with my sexuality um, as a born-again Christian. Um, there was a significant period in my Christian life where I battled with pornography and masturbation as a real addiction. Um, I was in denial for quite some time and it took nothing short by the grace of God to really get me out of there. And um, since then, I've really been passionate about just helping men get their identity right, standing firm, um, empathizing with the struggles that many men face that they're not able perhaps to speak about openly in our society. And, and uh, just helping them also just point them back to Christ. So that's something that's close to my heart and that's the reason why. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, Steve, just to mention this, Steve is a believer. Uh, Steve is also gay. And the most special thing about uh, where he stands is the fact that he's also called to minister. It's not something that is uh, very popular in, in our context here in Africa. But then we have Steve with us today. Steve, tell us a bit about yourself and then delve into your story. I think this is exciting for you. Thank you, uh, Pastor Mulika. Um, glad to meet you, Ernest. Finally, at a closer range, a studio I've met you before from a distance. Glad to really meet and especially have the conversation. Um, to the one listening, um, Steve, Steve, Steve is my name. Um, okay, um, Steve, Steve Mwendia is my name. I am uh, born again. That was quite a description. <laughs> uh, Steve is gay. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I've never. I haven't had someone tell me that. <laughs> and also because I, 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 it's hard for me to say la that loud to myself. Um, yeah, because I'm, I, as I said, I'm a Christian. I'm born again. I believe in the holistic nature of the scripture. I believe it's scriptures from God to be obeyed, to lead us to God. So I believe in the truth of scripture. I believe that marriage, um, God has designed sex, sexual relations to be experienced in the context of marriage, man and woman. Um, yeah, and, and so I believe all that. So I'll be good with that description. So whoever you, if you had that gay thing and decide by it, I'm coming there. Uh, it's not something, it's not a label I put on myself because of the baggage that is there. But I am not denying that I, many of my experiences in life relate to to what LGBT people uh, experience in many ways. So I am not, I don't shy away from the label as far as I, I give context and I give uh, what that really mean. But it's it's not what, it's not my label as a Christian. I'm, I'm a Christian, I'm a child of God, uh, and it's not what I leverage on any time. But basically for this discussion, I think it's okay to put that out. Thank you very much for, for that. I mm. think it's important also that you brought clarity mm. that uh, your identity is not your sexuality, 
mm. but rather your relationship with God. Yes, yes, yes. Which is important mm. also mm. to bring out. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, go ahead. Tell us now about yourself. Or maybe perhaps for the sake of conversation, would, would the term maybe struggling with same-sex attraction or having struggled with same-sex attraction be something that is better applied? Um, yeah, or maybe experiences Ex- same-sex attractions exactly, yeah. or if you love the word orientation, that yes. can be something. Yes. So, because I have more of an experience, yes. more than a label or, a, or an identity or something. Mm, that's yes. true. Great. And I'm grateful that we, we that mistake is being made yeah. because that's what's being made out there every other time. So I'm glad that we're doing this. So before everyone runs away, uh, <laughs> I, I I never um, came into terms with this. Okay, I, I never woke up one day and felt realized, I think I want to, I want to experience this. Um, it's something I, I say I had to come, to come into terms with. Um, that it's a reality an ongoing reality in my life, um, which is a struggle in many ways. Um, yeah. So, where did all this start? Um, back, I, I, I kept denying that this could be there uh, in, in my life journey. Um, because by the time I was in Form 3, it had already hit me that whatever feelings I was struggling with equated me to being gay. And at form three, I said, no, I, I can't be, I, I can't be. People like me don't, don't do these things. And I, I was really good. I, I am the proverbial good boy who has never tasted alcohol, who was not messing up with girls, who hated lying, who one day lied to a teacher and the conviction of the Holy Spirit was so much until I had to go to the teacher. But then I lied to you. So I, I was that boy by that form. But then I back from the time I was in class four, I, I remember um, having a craving to just want to check out another another man. Um, weirdly, as young as when children play with one another and they want to touch one another, children always comment about me, um, about my... I mean, should, I don't know if this is uh, acceptable to talk, say, in a podcast. But when children touch each other uh, in their private parts, children would always say, oh, you, you have a big uh, stuff. Not because I did, but because anytime we would start playing that, I would get hurt. Um, I didn't know why. Uh, but by the time I was in class four or five, I had already started longing to check out another guy. So if I see someone uh, urinating, I want to check out. If I see my uncle, because uh, I've I, I been brought up by my uncle, but see him seated in the chair and you know, just reading his gazette and touching himself, I would find myself getting aroused. So by the time I was in class six, all I wanted was to, to check out. I would get aroused, literally. And I didn't know what that was. And in my small mind, I was like, oh, okay, what's this? So I would try to check out if someone else is also feeling the same. But then realized, and then weirdly, it's like class seven, eight. Our, one of our, our teachers would sometimes call boys because they were disturbing girls or call girls because they were so much seen with boys. And they longed for a teacher to call me and tell, for me to tell them, there's something here I'm experiencing which I don't know. Please, this idea. But I was good. I wasn't being seen with girls here and there. So I, I never talked about it. Um, high school was good, born again. 
um, in CU, in class, I, I knew I'd gone to high school to get good grades to help my parents. So I concentrated on, on, on my studies. Didn't have much, especially I related well with my, my, my peers. I, some looked good. I can't, I can't deny that. But it, the naive me was, yeah, they look good. And so I, I kept on. Uh, but then this other struggle continued with me. So a good-looking teacher would be like, hmm, looks good. I, I wish they like me. I wish they, I wish they you know, they, they prefer me more. Um, yeah, but then I wish, I wish, I wish I could check them out. I wish they can see me also. Um, so by form three, when I would say is when I literally experienced God as, you know, Christ as Lord and Savior of my life. This now dawned on me that, by the way, kuna kituapa, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not it. It's not what God would want. And so, um, in that moment, I remember taking my cousin's phone and typing, uh, is it normal for a man to be aroused by another man? And um, Google uh, told me, um, yeah, you, it's, it's normal because you are either gay or you are a confused teenager. And I felt, mm, I think I'm a confused teenager. This sounds better, a better one. So I was like, okay, dude, what's up? What's up now? How can you take away this confusion? So the, other, the next years were years of wrestling now because I knew my relationship, relationship with God was so intact. But then there's this other part of me that, that continued to struggle. So back in my four years in campus, I was deep in the CU Christian Union. Um, but uh, now... This other part continued to to disturb me. In fact, when I go to the washrooms, it would be such a struggle. Uh, and now, my attraction now are Kitambo, they were more of guys older than me, but now all of us in campus are the same age. So it is more now peer to peer. So I would struggle sleeping with someone in the same bed. Um, I, would, uh, I would realize as, as the guys I'm getting more emotionally attached to, I didn't know that it's called a crush, but I realized that the guys I would you know, sacrificially want to just be their friend, no matter what cost. Not because I wanted to have sex with them, not because I want anything from them, but I just felt that pull towards them. Um, yeah, and so that struggle continued because now over time I was like, okay, I can't talk about this, but can I can I check can I check out something? So social media is there. Remember meeting the first uh, young man when I was in first year, he was in second year. Him telling me, he said, told me my story. I was like, dude, you are gay. Accept that. Just accept yourself. Told me he was in was uh, he was in CU in high school, and this thing never went away. And for him, he had chosen to accept himself. But his first year, I was like, no, I'm a Christian, and I know God. God is at work to do something here. And so, and he's the first person who mentioned to me, you Christian. Remember revolt? We had last semester. Someone had preached on. Uh, I still remember the sermon. Titus chapter 2, verse 10 to 11. Yes, yes, yes. yes. And he, he had used the song, I Pledge Allegiance. And that song became like my anthem. I was doing it. I knew it was sung by Revolt. And then when he mentioned the Revolt, I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, he came out at 50, I think, one or 61, and left his wife. And he was like, well, come on, attack a kuka, I do zeke, I love you, And I was like, God, uh, is this it? Because the the struggle was real, the craving was real, and I, I didn't know. Uh, so to sum up the story, um, that continued. I, I, I opened up to the person who was discipling me. Um, uh, 
think 2013 uh, he gave me one of the gracious uh, response I could ever meet he told me that he has never dealt with this but we, we could talk about it we could pray about it uh, and that was powerful for me so he continued with him talking about it um, 2015 struggle still much um, and a pastor and it was, it was, that was a week when I was thinking I think I should resign from my leadership in the Christian Union. And a pastor came and preached on uh, fatherhood. And I felt, well, from how he talked, I think I don't to catch up with him. And I, 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 was, I was in the executive committee, so I, people went to see him after the sermon. But my pride could not allow me to. So I allowed, I, when everyone was gone, I was like, can we meet and talk, but not here. So he met in town and had a conversation. And he started a mentorship journey with me. Um, Basically, looking at things in my life, are there wounds I was having? Um, yeah, so we, we did talk about, it, about many things, and he, he has worked with me to date. He's, he's been uh, my pastor, um, currently not like my lead pastor, but he's been pastor, he's a friend, he's my mentor. Um, yeah, um, I, I would have wished to say yes after I, I worked with him, I stopped struggling. Um, in many ways, I was able to manage myself more. I was able to see gaps in my life that, that worked against me. Or, or that I, I was able to see gaps in my life. Uh, but then the attraction still persisted and the longing still persisted. Um, so 2018, I was at a place of now. I was sure God was leading me into ministry. Uh, and I was a Christian. But then I felt hypocritical because everyone felt Steve is, is the... If you want a role model, go to Steve. I mean, Steve knows how to care for girls. Steve is loving. Steve is caring. Steve can't kill a fly. <laughs> um, so I, I knew, so I, I felt hypocritical because of this struggle in me that I could not share with everyone. But also, I, I felt I was going deeper into it because now I had started meeting more people that said, yes, I struggle with this too. But also, um, I've trusted God, it doesn't gone away, and I've chosen to accept this as me. And I was like, ah, I also feel this, I also struggle with this, but no matter how much I will give in, truth is deep in my heart, I know this is what God wants. Uh, so uh, 2017, 2018 was that struggle, and at 2018 I felt I was going deeper, it was that um, slope whereby I'm, I'm literally going deep into this. And I was like, God, I, I think you need to take me away. You need to just do away with my life because I'm feeling I can't, I'm feeling a of being a Christian. The call of God seems like you will revolve around ministry. And this seems like something that will either pull me back every other time or and then things turn bad. Uh, but then the reality of my attractions and my cravings and my struggles were much. So, um, you know, I would try. I would try. I like girls. Girls are beautiful. I think I need to mention that. Um, but the emotional, the physical, and the sexual attraction that I experience are consistently towards my fellow guys. Um, so, girls are beautiful. I, I always, they, they're good looking. They, they but if I mention the number of crashes I've had, I will. I don't remember the number of girls who have been there. Um, if I walk in a path and um, I easily notice the beauty of another man, 
more than girl. So I would try because some people would be like, Steve, do this. It is easier. So you've never slept with a girl. Yes. Go sleep with one. And uh, whatever happens, I mean, just see, you can correct this. I'm like, I know what God wants. I know God does not want me to have sex is a gift that's given for married people, male and female. So I, I know this is not it. Yeah, so I I think I was at the verge of I can't try to correct myself, but also all trusting in God. But then most of my prayer and fastings, this was a major prayer item. If I give you my journal between, I think, 2014, this is like a common denominator in everything. Either happy that today I didn't feel or happy that I started feeling that girl, I started pursuing that girl, but realizing I is still, is still here. So 19, I, I bumped... So in my heart, I knew there is what God wants. There is what I'm experiencing. And I don't know how to, to think about these two. Yeah, so where am I at now? Because uh, this story can continue on and on. I am at the place where I, I believe um, in God. Um, he has created human beings to love them and to lead them to his eternal home which he designed a long time ago. Um, and I'm here as his child who experiences um, these attractions. I, I don't know whether they will end or not. Um, I know there is a part of my attractions that is lustful, that goes contrary to God's word, and I'm given into allowing the Holy Spirit in me through the truth of God's word to kill them. If I could that word. Um, and two, I realize um, despite these disordered desires, there is an order in in, 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 in in God's will so that I can choose to look at my attractions to my fellow men. Um, one part, the parts, especially sexual, I consider that lustful. I'll do that. But I realize uh, some attractions are basically attractions. I, and so I will easily, you know, agree he's cute or agree I like this person and ask God, okay, so God, how, how do I explore this friendship? How, how do I become a friend to this person uh, without, without necessarily indulging in what you don't call right? So I am there. I'm where... God, if you wake up tomorrow and this is gone, I'll be happy. Um, I mean, I long for holiness. Uh, and God, if, if now I'm able to choose you above every other thing, if I'm able to submit other things to you, then God, here I am. Let it be. So that's, that's basically my story. So I, in labeling, I, 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 it's a tricky path. The word gay as baggage, to me, yes. means someone is sexually involved. Uh, say, or sexually practicing, which I, it's not my, it's what I, I don't believe the Bible calls us to do that. Uh, but if you use the word gay to mean I have enduring patterns of physical, emotional, and sexual attraction towards my same gender, then I'll be, yeah. But obviously, most of the, most of the times I would say I have uh, const- enduring attractions towards my same gender, which may mean same sex attractions, which may mean all that, yeah. Okay, thank you, Steve. Uh, it's it's indeed an amazing story, and I, I just want to 
bring a bit of clarity by asking your question uh, that you have very well alluded to towards the end of uh, of your story so is same sex attraction a struggle for you or is it a lifestyle i use another word it's an experience <laughs> <laughs> interesting uh, uh-huh. yeah could you, could you kindly unpack that yeah yes, it's an experience um which becomes a struggle um and also like an experience of life um so i i'm not actively pursuing men for sex or for any sexual relations um any erotic relation no um do i feel I want to do that yeah do I wish the bible agree to yeah that yes uh but but I am I am I am under the power of cuz I don't want to really put out this like oh dude you you decided this is it's it's it it is I I am I have believed in the truth of the scripture and I have by God's power chosen Rami is what chosen cuz I this is what I believe attractions um i may not decide whether i like honest or i like you i mean i mean it's it's so and involuntary like i may i may i may not but i have a choice on what i do with that attraction i may have a choice on how i indulge that thought in my mind so i i am not uh, pursuing same sex sexual relations um so it's i'm, I'm not in the lifestyle um yeah it's a struggle in many ways i said an experience because um i over time also have had to accept that um and maybe we'll talk about this the, the whole language of struggle <clears throat> can 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 bring a lot of shame sure. uh so that i in the next time i like someone the next feeling thing i'm feeling is flee uh so that every of my friendship i do it at arm's length it has happened in my life over time where i am not willing to let if i am a friend i realize i'm starting to like you i'm like ah no i'll start singing against god so i i take the other side at time i'm the guy who doesn't mean not have close male friends because i don't sin against god so i put it as an experience to the so, place of so so you sabotage your friendships yes because i want to get there because i'm feeling i i don't want to so i've chosen to look at an experience in the place of it's an experience which brings an avenue for uh what i would call hosp- sacrificial hospitable relations in the way of friendship so i'm key on friendship if i like you i'll pray for you i will ask god how do i engage with this person um and i, I yeah i know that happens to any other person but maybe it's it happens to me more uh, me i don't know i and, and and we will we will come to that we will come to the place of shame we will come to the place of guilt uh allow me maybe just to ask you a yes or no question uh, from what you have described it seems that you have not allowed yourself uh you've you've not surrendered yourself to practicing your passions you've not allowed yourself to fall to the temptation that is a daily struggle 
Yes. And if any time that has happened, yes. it's been, a, it's, in an, it, it's a, a, a repentant, I mean a repentant more in the sense of, this is not what I want, but for adventure. Yes. I, I fall. Then, it's not something to be at peace with. It's something to, to, to repent. Because, sure. uh, my spirit is alive and alert, telling me what, what is God's perfect so will for you. God's faith. conviction is alive in your heart. Yes. Great. Then I turn to Ernest. And uh, I turn to Ernest to ask you to engage with us on the basis of... And uh, Okay, allow me to use it as a label uh, to bring clarity to the conversation. Can you be gay and be Christian? Thank you. It's been a great conversation. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Ernest, uh, for your honesty, for your openness. Thank you even for the insights that you have given to us. I pray that all my listeners have been blessed today. And as we continue with this conversation, I pray that it has brought clarity. And instead of it bringing about arguments and conversations that are not healthy, that we will appreciate that the role of the church is to love rather than to hate and to judge. We leave it to God as we acknowledge that God has instituted two genders. We are not in place to judge where someone is and we have talked and said that we all have different struggles and so we cannot elevate struggles that are unique to a certain group of people above struggles that are unique to another group of people because whatever God calls sin is sin and whatever God uh, requires of us to do it cuts across board and so join me next week as we continue with our podcast God bless you keep enlightened and keep loving God and keep loving your neighbor. God bless you. Uh, welcome to this week's episode of our podcast as we talk about the church and alternative sexuality. Uh, together with me is Steve and Ernest and we continue from where we left last week and today we have Ernest engaging with us trying to look uh, at how do we relate with these people from a perspective of God's word and to bring light to the conversation. Uh, we are having this conversation with Steve. Steve, uh, like we said last week, is attracted. Uh, being a man, he's attracted to men sexually. And uh, this is a struggle that he has had from a very young age. And we are seeking to engage him to see how he can be part of the Christian community without feeling alienated or judged, but embraced and loved in accordance with the word of God. Allow me to use it as a label uh, to bring clarity to the conversation. Uh, can you be gay and be Christian? All right. um, thanks for... Thanks for the conversation so far. I'm really loving what I'm hearing Steve say. And um, I, I just sense very strongly that he's very well grounded in his theology and is very well grounded in who God is, you know. And when I hear that, I really get 
encourage because I hear him speak and I'm thinking, wait, that's the exact same thing that I would struggle with um, or that if I, if I should even use a personal example, that's everything he's described. You could mirror that to my struggle with pornography when I was, you know, when, when I was growing up as a Christian. You could mirror everything he's spoken to my struggle with masturbation. And so in a sense, um, when I hear his story, he just tells me, this is a born-again Christian going through the struggles that any other born-again Christian could go through. So um, could you be a Christian and have that kind of uh, experience or you have that kind of struggle? The answer is yes, you could. You know, you could be very well understanding the gospel. You understand justification, that you're justified, that you're being sanctified, you know. And if you listen to what Steve is saying, he, there's, a very strong, there's a very strong conviction from his heart saying, I am being sanctified, you know. I am going through this process where I am being sanctified. God is, God is working on me. I am saying no to temptation, you know. And any believer can go through that, any kind of believer. And because it's a journey of sanctification, then we shouldn't be necessarily surprised because it's something different from what we struggle with, right? So if I look at my struggle with pornography and my struggle with masturbation in the past, um, I associate with everything he's saying as far as the struggle is concerned, as far as making the decisions is concerned, as far as identifying that and saying, you know what, I wish the scriptures did not say that. I wish the scriptures allowed me to do that. Just the same way, any man who would be struggling with adultery would say, I wish the scriptures would allow me to sleep with another man's wife. But I understand that God is holy. I understand that God's holiness supersedes my desires. And because of that, I quench my desires or replace my desires under Christ so that I may be made more into the image of his son. That can happen to any born-again Christian who has understood who Christ is, who has understood that there's a great exchange on the cross where Jesus has died, Jesus has given his life for this born-again Christian, and also to just understand that sanctification is a journey. You know, I like it when Steve said, you know what, you know, one day I'll, I'll wake up, you know, and maybe one day when I wake up, maybe it will be gone. If it's gone, hallelujah, praise the Lord. It, it, it does not change his sanctification journey. You know, or one day I wake up and it's still there. It's still there. We still mortify the flesh, you know. So if you're a born again Christian, you must understand that, yes, you can have that struggle, so to speak. And uh, it is nothing new and it is nothing short of what any other kind of sanctification journey is with any other kind of sin. Yeah. So are you saying that uh, the fact that as Christians we have struggles, mm. it doesn't invalidate mm. our faith? or uh, short-circuit our relationship with God? L- let, me, let me say yes, and let me explain why, yes. all right? Um, the, message, the Christian message of the gospel is more nuanced than any other message that any other religion gives. Every other religion tells me that in order for me to be accepted by God, I need to lay up a good amount of works. I need to lay out a good amount of uh, deeds that are pleasing to him, and then based on his based of based on his analysis of those deeds based on a meritorious system sure. you know based on merit yes. Yes. he will analyze and say good you're in you've passed, the you've passed the exam the christian message the gospel the gospel means good news but it's it's good news because it starts with bad news and the bad news is that no one can pass the exam sure <laughs> No one can pass the exam. Uh, no one can pass the exam. No, no, not Billy Graham, not Mother Teresa, not the Pope. Put them combined, let them sit and do a cheat exam. They can't pass the exam. We all fall short of God's glory. And because of that, 
what is the way in which we get into allegiance with God, in which we get reconciled to God. It is through the message of the gospel. And the gospel is good news. The good news is that Christ has set the exam for us. When Christ came on earth, he lived a perfectly pure life and he set the exam for Mulika, for Steve, for Ernest. Because on their own, uh, whether they struggled with whatever kind of sin, whatever thing Mulika struggled with, whatever uh, Steve, whatever Ernest struggled with, they may be varied, but it's all sin in the eyes of God. But whatever it is, Christ has paid the price and he's died on the cross. So Ernest can stand before God and say, uh, God, I know I do not please you based on my lifestyle. I don't please you based on you know, you, you do not want me to lie. I have lied several times. You do not want me to steal. I have stolen several times. But look at Christ. Christ has never lied. Christ has never stolen. And what Christ has done is that he's taken his exam paper, he's erased his name, and he's written there, Ernest Wamboy. He's written there, Steve. He's written there, Molika. He's taken our exam paper where we failed. He's erased our name, and he's written his name, Jesus Christ. So, as long as the great exchange has happened... As long as you come to Christ, you need to understand that first of all, positionally, you are safe. Positionally, you are accepted by God. Positionally, you, you, you are holy. You are sanctified. You, you are accepted. You are right. If you die today, you go to the kingdom of God. If any of us, the three of us here, having professed Christ, die today, we are accepting the kingdom of God. And when we are, he accepts us, he doesn't accept us based on any other thing except his son's finished work on that cross. If God today would say, Ernest, you died today and before you left the house, you argued with your wife and you said some nasty things, because of that you will not enter the kingdom of God, it would mean I'm saved by works. I'm saved by my last good deeds, but I'm saved by the grace of God. Okay, And so during the process of walking the Christian journey, that is you've, been, you've, you've accepted Christ, you've been justified, you have been accepting the kingdom of God, between then and your death is a journey. And that journey involves the the killing of the flesh, all right? And so that killing of the flesh, there are days you will succeed, there are days you will fail. There are days you will give in to the desires, there are days you will fall short of the desires. But the giving in to the desires and the falling short of the desires do not change your justification. They do not take away your salvation. They do not take away who you are in Christ. If today my daughter, I've got two daughters, if today my daughter does something very, very bad and it upsets me, um, I'll be upset, I will discipline them, but it will not negate that we have the same blood. My relationship with them is still intact. And so for anyone who may be struggling, uh, they should have that assurance of salvation. It's called the doctrine of assurance of salvation, that they are in Christ and Christ has sealed them with Christ, with God, despite the, the, the desires that they have. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. Mm -hmm. Actually, you, you take me back to uh, a paper I wrote mm -hmm. uh, when I was doing my undergrad, mm -hmm. I chose to focus on the assurance of salvation mm -hmm. and just bringing out the truth that mm -hmm. uh, our salvation is not based on the conclusion, mm -hmm. but rather from the beginning. Wow, amazing. And God, when God calls you to himself, mm -hmm. you don't accept Christ. Mm -hmm. Christ chooses you. Mm -hmm. John, is it 15? Uh, for you did not choose me, but, but I chose, chose you. you. Yes, mm. and, and and that's that's what we're conversing about today. Mm. That's what we're talking about. Mm. Uh, whether it's Steve, whether it's myself, whether it's Ernest, or anybody else mm. who who has come to the faith, mm. 
by reason of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. We all, let me say, we all have daily struggles, whether known or unknown. Mm. For some of us, it's unknown struggles. Mm. For most of us, it's known struggles. Mm. And the fact that Steve has a certain kind of struggle mm. doesn't make his struggle bigger mm. or badder, if I can use such a word, yeah. than the struggle I have today. Yes. My struggle might be just looking at uh, girls and thinking, whoa, how would it... While someone else's struggle is great. Yes. And I like that because... Um, and, and, and I think this helps challenge now our listeners because, um, and maybe I don't know how Steve would maybe explain this because um, when I've, I, I have, in, in the class that I teach, I've had the, the privilege of listening to the stories of men who've struggled with also same-sex attraction. And the question, one of the questions that I think they constantly ask, and I think Steve demystified it very powerfully, but I would like to also just maybe ask it again. You know, they keep saying, honest, is this a worse struggle than than any other kind of struggle is is a struggle with you know if if i feel sexually attracted to someone of the same sex is it in a league of its own compared to a struggle with pornography and the carnal man thinks yes the carnal man thinks yeah why because the carnal man perhaps the one who's saying yes has not experienced that particular struggle. I'll tell you about my personal story. Um, I, I like like Steve when Steve was talking about growing up as a proverbial good boy. I was just like, that is me. I I feel you. I feel you. I grew up. My mom is an Anglican pastor, so uh, you know she's done a master's in divinity. My my dad is took us to church. We always went to church. So I mean, I was. I think the biggest. The the, the if you asked. Of about childhood, childhood issues, the child, the biggest childhood issues is that I was eating too much Cadbury's <laughs> drinking chocolate, you know. So I was drinking too much Cadbury's drinking chocolate. So I was a good boy. I was that guy who the guys, you know, in school would look at and go like, "Oh, why don't you be like honest, you know? Why don't you be?" I, I, I had that, and I remember one time there was a there was a, there was a girl from our church. Well, in a very small church, and the girl in our church, I think her name was Alice. Alice got pregnant, and when Alice got pregnant, I, I couldn't fathom, I couldn't understand how. Can a born again Christian get pregnant? And you know, I mean, the, the, the question is, and they're not married, How you know. I mean, the question is, is I think of it, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> it's as if a born again Christian does not have uh, sexual reproductive parts. Of course, they can get married. But I remember asking myself, How can a born again Christian get pregnant? You know, I was like, It's, it's not possible. It's not po-. And I remember there was this old debate in the youth church because girls were like, I have, and, and now there are two comes. Kapikwanza, Hakwa Meokoka. There's no way she was born again. Just tell her to now get born again. You know? And then there's another camp that was saying, Hey, me, I don't know. Me, I don't know. And uh, no, 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 she was born again. But uh, uh, now, oh, yeah, she's born again. But now. And I, w- I would want us to maybe transition and hear Steve again yes. mm-hmm. uh, on this. And it's a place where triggers blames, reasons are given concerning certain struggles, certain lifestyles, and it's it's not just sexual struggles. Mm. Today, if you go online, especially on Twitter, uh, you, you'll see a lot of people blaming maybe their upbringing, bl- blaming certain experiences, and we're calling them traumas, and all of that. Mm. And uh, I'd like to request, Steve, maybe... If you could share with us uh, 
about just a bit about your family you don't need to go to details in terms of names and all of that do you have siblings uh, how was your experience growing up did you experience any sort of trauma uh, and have you at any point felt that uh, maybe this uh, your current struggles emanate from a place of your upbringing and and maybe before steve chips in and yes. maybe i and maybe the word blaming because many times people here blaming they may think um am, am i trying to abscond reality i think there, there there may be some people who are trying to find out you know what is the cause it's, it's almost like seeking out you know yes. uh, seeking out so um th- those reasons you know it's, it's a seeking question you know what could be the cause of this if you asked me about my struggle with pornography and masturbation um of course there's that part of me that can blame that yes. can go like oh you know like adam is not me it's this woman but there's also that part of me that recognizes i am seeking for uh the triggers or i'm trying to look for the the reasons why i got into this you know sure. um so that anyone listening out there does not feel like um whatever is being shared by steve by mulik and myself is an absconding of what is going th- what we're going through but rather it's um trying to find out what really caused it or how did we get there exactly yeah. we're not absolving ourselves of responsibility yeah. and especially for sin yeah. what we're doing is seeking clarity yeah. and finding uh first of all taking away uh, the falsehoods yeah. that have been perpetrated mm. because we're seeking the truth like you're saying yeah. what we're doing is seeking to pursue the truth yeah uh we might not I arrive like there today like but uh we want to walk away from the lies mm-hmm. and every day you take a step away from a lie you're closer to the truth yeah so yeah, so you asked me about um my family honestly sharing um eight born in a family of 11 um last bonish in the sense that uh, my mom has eight kids but then i have a uh, three step um siblings um yeah so that's my family um um been brought up by my uncle my dad passed <coughs> passed on or passed away okay okay what's <laughs> correct yeah. no one means fainting everyone means dying <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the one which means dying pass, pass out is what means fainting. oh okay okay yeah. passing on and passing but, away okay, okay. okay we use them in Okay yeah. um when i was nine years old yeah and uh, my uncle brought me up really well i my family is not very well financially uh, but my uncle was well financially so i grew up in a rich rich, <laughs> rich family's house um yeah so he my dad passed away but my, my uncle took me up and he did good work he was there he was a uh, he loved me cared for me as his own child um yeah so basically my family looks like that um are there things in my family that could have led to this um it's it's difficult to explain i i wasn't molested when i was growing up uh, as you have heard my story it was a story of realizing ah okay oh oh maybe i'm saying this as a maybe maybe if that time i met a man who was willing to tell me you know what you're experiencing here is not okay or something maybe it could have changed the direction i really don't know um 
Yeah, so looking at my bringing I I don't know and maybe may not have asked this but I can put it on the floor. Um I look at the whole issue of nature versus nature. Yes. And see it it's a whole complex thing. I can't stand and say it's not nature because I mean um some of my 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 deep holes in me is the fact that I want another man to love me. Uh and so maybe I and this is we may go to what I think is it. I, I don't know if I could have been given more love and more such if things would be would be would be okay. Um maybe whoever gave me love loved me that way because that's how he knew that's how love should be given. So I so maybe if they have done that maybe it would have been better. Um uh maybe if my questions were answered well before i started you know checking out and or maybe you know move from one place to another maybe that could have helped uh, but i really can't tell and i would not just want to stand and say god made me this way uh, that i have a have a gaging i i don't know what i know is i i feel this it's a reality I can trace it back tambo from, from from long time ago and we are all here so I think the best question I ask myself is and I told you I've been uh, someone came to preach about fatherhood and has, has worked with me why I have enjoyed working with him is because it's true I need to face my realities that like I I I, have, I, I long for male uh, love so I need to understand that is there and it's not shame to say that is there whether someone chooses to say that is the reason for my for my attractions it's how but i know it's there and i need to answer ask how do i how do i achieve that or when i realize and maybe someone could be asking because someone would be like so are you struggling with your agenda I mean, that we that we are fallen um but also i know after genesis 3 there is another journey of redemption which i'm part of at the moment amen and i like the fact that you're saying you don't know I can, you're, I, can you're not, I can pinpoint one two things here there but, but I can't conclusively stand and say yes hello exactly. everyone this is it and because of this also there's always a feeling in people that if I realize it's fatherhood that didn't work very well for you then we should have a solution exactly like and and it will it, it helps in the sense of there are things it will keep you with and maybe to some other people that could be their solution i really don't also to to say my story someone's story i'm representing one story and exactly. there are so many other stories but people have a way and that is what really saddens me at times i was i was um, listening to sitam the other day when they having the same conversations homosexuality versus same sex attractions and someone went to the comment section and said those who struggle with this have an issue with their uh, bringing and they yeah and akachia hapo and i was like Nisawa Yes, maybe they are that. But are you cuz it puts a blame either on parents or even on us to a fact that si unashajua shida iko wapi? Go correct and become good. So when I try do that again and again and I'm not getting it, I, for me I feel it's okay let's allow psychologists and others to, to do that. But I think for the Christian the gospel minister we can go deeper than that. We can address the issue of sin. We can address the issue of God at work and say, okay, let's look at this and let's see if we start from this. Sorry if I talk much. Then I was meeting okay. with someone. I was talking with someone 
and um the stories are different for him he was molested by his cousin when he was age 10 he is now 20 years old and he that has become his struggle that has become his addiction i don't have such a story but I, as i talk to him as i listen to him i don't want to assume his story but i also realize you already caught up somewhere and how can you can i help you where you are at i remember asking you i mean how is your relationship with god would you think god asks for you and i was like after the after almost 2 hours of interaction i was like i would love us to talk more one of my desire in my talking with you more is to see can we explore the scriptures more not in romans 1 or leviticus chapter chapter is that but in the chapter i may not explore romans 1 was uh, 11 to 32 not that it's not okay but it is for this person i would first i would rather make them understand god understand humanity and start seeing fast but as i come to i even never assumed the part of the other stuff i was like okay so your cousin did this how has that affected you are you trying to pay revenge when you go out looking for someone else to pay this because this will still come in in many ways but then can can, can we go deeper can we can we just not stop at the surface wow and and if i may just sure. put you, i i really i mean when steve is speaking i'm 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 just really amazed at the wisdom that God has put inside of him even um I I know he's going to be a minister of the gospel and I I can just see how because uh, this is how Christ reached people this is that's like, the way he's described that's exactly how Christ reached people and I I see that that many a times um it it's and we have nothing against anyone who may want to know what's the reason what's the cause but I realize um if you go at the end of that rabbit hole is a desire for the person asking that question to now use that answer and flip it and use it as a key of salvation and use it as a key of healing and say aha so this is the cause therefore let's in our own human intervention reverse this and get a solution then uh, when we come back uh, we w- we would want to just finish that conversation uh, and then get to what is the role of the church Thank you. It's been a great conversation. Thank you Steve. Thank you Ernest uh for your honesty, for your openness. Thank you even for the insights that you have given to us. I pray that all my listeners have been blessed today and as we continue with this conversation, I pray that it has brought clarity and instead of it bringing about arguments and conversations that are not healthy that we will appreciate that the role of the church is to love rather than to hate and to judge we leave it to god as we acknowledge that god has instituted two genders we are not in place to judge where someone is and we have talked and said that we all have different struggles and so we cannot elevate struggles that are unique to a certain group of people above struggles that are unique to another group of people because whatever god calls sin is sin and whatever god uh, requires of us to do it cuts across board and so join me next week as we continue with our podcast God bless you keep enlightened and keep loving God and keep loving your neighbor God bless you
Welcome back. We are back from our break. We are here with Steve and Ernest. We're having a conversation about uh, Christianity and sexuality. We have had a very good and interesting time. Thank you for joining us uh, wherever you're listening us from. We pray that uh, you will be blessed, you will be edified, and also you will gain knowledge and clarity in terms of uh, the whole issue of Christianity and sexuality. And, and, and as we get back, we were having a conversation about uh, triggers and where some of these things come from. And as, as honest as you were talking, my mind went back to a book written by Dr. Gary Thomas. Dr. Gary Thomas is a Christian psychologist. He's written a book on sacred parenting. And uh, I remember reading that book a few years back. And one of the things that caught my attention is him bringing about the supremacy and the sovereignty of God into the whole subject of parenting. That God is supreme. God is sovereign. God is all-powerful. And yet his children rebelled. And so you ask yourself, did God play a part in their rebellion? <laughs> and, and, and the reason I bring this about is what Steve talked about. Uh, the triggers and such things. The fact that you can end up in a certain direction. And it's not necessarily because of one, two, three things. And saying this is not trying to invalidate someone else's story or invalidate what has triggered someone's behavior or lifestyle, but it is to say that life is more complex than the simple answers that we try to place on it. Could you address yourself uh, to that from a Christian perspective? Yes, and, and um, it, it just goes on to emphasize what uh, Steve had shared and what I had also shared, that um, despite the complexities of life, um, the solutions are clear. The, um, the, the, there is a scripture in Deuteronomy 29, 29 where the Lord says, uh, the things revealed to man are for him and his children for them to obey. And the things not revealed to man are, they belong to the Lord, you know? And I, I when, whenever I meet anything that confounds my mind, um, of course we do, we do due diligence uh, by loving the Lord with all our mind. We study, you know? We study, like, I, I know having been ministering to men who struggle with uh, sexual addictions, uh, I've been compelled to study a lot uh, concerning, you know, um, the scientific side concerning, um, you know, homosexuality, lesbianism, you know, uh, concerning things like uh, controversial practices like oral sex, anal sex, all those things. Um, I'm compelled to study work because I want to love the Lord with all my mind. I also want to be ready, according to First Peter 3.15, to give an answer to anyone who asks me to explain the hope that I have, you know. But uh, Solomon said in the book of Ecclesiastes, to the uh, knowledge and reading of books, there will be no end. You know, and so I know that even if you gave me a lifetime here on earth, I can only read so much and I can only study so much. And we live in a time where the prophecy of Daniel came through that knowledge will increase. You know, um, in all this, perhaps I'll summarize a quote that I had from uh, John Piper. He said, um, the most important thing is that you know 
the most important truths. And what are the most important truths? The most important truths are that man is sinful, God is holy, the holiness and the sinfulness of man cannot coexist, but the solution is Jesus Christ, you know? And the solution is that Christ has come and he has lived in holiness, lived without sin, and he has created a bridge between God and man. And because of that bridge, mankind's most complex problems can be solved through the man, of, the man Jesus Christ. And the most complex problem of man is sin. Um, I once heard someone say, if, if economics were, or if finances were man's biggest problem, God would have sent an economist, an economist, you know? Or if uh, health was man's biggest problem, God would have sent a fitness instructor. If, um, you know, um, any other thing could really be, God would have sent a solution that was catered to what we think is humanity's biggest problem. But he said, whether we know it or not, humanity's biggest problem is sin. A sinful heart mm. and to that effect god has sent men of uh, john lennox in mm. oxford great men of god who have used their mind they have studied and despite all the complexities of the universe and the things that we face they've all come to one conclusion that jesus is the way the truth and the life and in him all things hold together yeah so mm. you're saying we've not been called to study sin yeah and uh, struggle yeah but we've been called to a bigger hope yeah and to keep moving forward yes. towards the light that Christ provides yes. because where we are today mm-hmm. we are equalized by our sinful nature yes. and there is none of us who is more special mm-hmm. or a better sinner or a worse sinner than the other one none of us has a bigger struggle mm-hmm. from a human perspective it can seem so but in reality from God's perspective all sin struggle mm-hmm. is similar and God provides a solution yes. through his son Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And, and sorry if I may just add something else to that, sure. just just to just to complement what Mulika you've said. Um I was reading C.S. Lewis's book, Mere Christianity, yes. and he said before he came before he became a Christian, you know, he studied a Christian con- a Christian community and he was shocked. Why are you guys making a big a big deal over someone in the congregation who lied? And then the next week, there's someone in the congregation who murdered, and you guys are like, it's okay, God loves you, you're, you're forgiven. And he said, shouldn't it be the other way around, you know? Should you tell the mad, someone murdered, shouldn't we all throw our arms in the air, and then someone lied, or oh, it's not. But he said, that's when he saw who Jesus Christ is. That Jesus Christ takes lying seriously. And Jesus Christ forgives murder graciously. <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I love that. <laughs> I find it I find it very profound mm-hmm. that we shouldn't elevate one thing over another and we shouldn't limit God's grace over certain things that uh, we, we are the judges of what God can handle and what he can't handle. And I'd, I'd like to turn my attention again to Steve. You're a believer. Yes, I am. And uh, as a believer, there are certain things based on your personal struggles that you would love to see happening within the church concerning people of similar struggles like you. Mm-hmm. And this is what I want us to conclude. Uh, would you walk us through what 
some of the things that you would desire to see because you're at a certain place maybe you've had certain experiences and uh, here we're not trying to bash anyone we're not trying to blame but what we're seeking to do is bring the supremacy of the gospel message of love to the fore concerning people of uh, people with different kinds of struggles so if you could uh, tell us uh, maybe what your experience has been and what uh, you would desire to see or what you would encourage the church and uh, the Christian family to do with people of similar struggles as yourself. Thank you, thank you so much, Pastor Mudika. <clears throat> um, it's, it's, it's strange that I'm talking about my experience because uh, I think I had, I had said I will never, well, at one time I said I will never share this. And if I ever share this, I will share this from a place of I used to and now uh, but even then, I would only maybe share it in my, I mean like this is, I never wanted to share this. And I've heard people say they had made a commitment they will go with this to the grave. Like they should. I've talked with people who are like, your pastor knows about your, your experience and your struggles and you're still serving. Like, hey, in fact, it's someone we was talking. I talk with many people, especially because I, I write about this, and they're like, "Can you connect me with, with your pastor? I would want to talk with your pastor." Um, and I look at that and wish, I wish we, before people ran to the world, because let me tell you, my solution, in quote, is provided a lot in the world. When I was struggling and trying to check out, check out it from verse 1 to, I think, 30 or 32, that speaks about momentary afflictions, that speaks about our groaning, because he has been vulnerable enough to talk about it. So I, I, wish, I wish we had vulnerable people who, who we know, okay, um, I can talk to him, I can do that to him. Um, and the second, because I may have many others, is to be sensitive uh, on, on how we talk about them and us. Uh, at times I've had pastors make gay jokes and wonder I relate with the experience. You, there's something, something, because you know when you make joke, gay jokes, ghost landers, and all, all those that without even thinking, what you're telling me I may not even be having the label gay or this and that, you're telling me you don't belong here. Your family is out there. So the next time I'm all struggling, I'm all feeling these attractions are ripe in me and all I want is to, to, to satisfy them. I, the voice in me keeps telling me, this is your home. Go there. Go there. Because I'm like, I can't tell that. But I can't do that. And so I, I, I wish, I wish we, we talk more graciously. Let's talk about sin as it is. But then, let's enable people to know that we, we have a Christ who, someone used to say that a father, when the father slaps you, they don't slap you to tell you go away. Slap you to. I don't know if it you share that or someone, but I've heard someone share that. Yeah. You slap to bring you to them. So I, I wish we can do. Those are two things. I may have many more, but I, I wish, I wish I, ca I can get that from the community. And even my, so that when I, I never wanted to share this, my story, because even the times I've shared on Facebook and written, people have said, you are trying to normalize this, you are trying to, to, 
propagate this. You're trying, why are you even talking about this? What and what? I wish we people were more open to listening yes. more than you know making a conclusion and would I mean ask where am I at? Because that's but they anytime person who comes and asks me, where are you at now? How can I be of help? It will be easier for me to pour my heart out to them because I have needs than someone who will say, Come, come, let me, I mean, let me fix you. You evil, you are this and this, come let me fix you. So I wish we can get that because I can tell you, people who go to the world to seek for solutions will know I can go to that pastor and talk to them without being told I'm demon possessed, without being told uh, this, this curse that I need to break. There may be curses and I'm not saying curses, but what I don't is to give a simplified answer to, to something. What I'm saying is, can we be the people that can be approached? People that I'm not getting anything by sharing my story except the fact that I chose to say this because I almost wanted to commit suicide in the year 2018 simply because I, I didn't even know of anyone else who was in this journey who would tell me, let's run this race. Let's run this race. And, and so I wish, I mean, we we can work with people and this, you don't have to go public or anything, but let people know that I can come to you. Let people know that you are a person who can work with you. The scriptures talk about our Lord Jesus Christ, that they called him a glutton. He was a friend of tax collectors. And when you think about his experiences, uh, a woman, a prostitute comes and uh, wipes his feet with her hair. Now, how close can Steve has shared in terms of the things that he would really love to see? And because of where he stands, he has interactions with people of similar struggle and maybe they have conversations he talks about his struggle with suicide because of rejection because of feeling alone and feeling excluded what is our responsibility as a family of and maybe Ernest as you answer will also ask from I know part of the church but now I'm speaking what yes. <laughs> um, are greatest fears about what? us what are your greatest fears about the LGBT community. Why, 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 do you, why do you think the church reacts the way it reacts? And yes, maybe. Yeah. That's a very good question. Um, I'll take us back to that story. I don't know if you guys remember the story I told you about Alice when Alice got pregnant. And, and I, I, when, when I look back, I was in that camp of saying, ah, no, no, she can't be born again. She can't. Because I, I could not reconcile that uh, in, in my own limited thinking, I kept thinking, a born again Christian cannot have such a struggle, you know. And what was my reason for saying that? Was I reason was I mean I was a kid to be honest. I was in primary school, but I did have that thought, you know. What was my reason? I was mirroring that based on my experience, based on my life. I had never found myself attempting fornication, you know. I went through high school. I even in high school never found myself in a place where I was tempted to sleep with a woman. So in my own logical conclusion, I said, therefore, since me been knowing that I'm a born again Christian, <laughs> I have not experienced that. Then why is it so? I I I found myself myself upholding my experience above the truth of the scriptures, and when we uphold our experiences above the truth of the scriptures, we'll hurt people. We'll hurt people, and I think uh, when I look at uh, the way people reacted that time when Alice got, I think Alice was really hurt. You know, and I don't know if she's out there. I don't know if she still remained in the faith or if she still remained in the church, but. Um, I've realized that the fears that drive us is that one, um, 
people are different people are going through a different experience than we are going through and the fear is that they'll disrupt my reality and it's a very selfish thing you know don't disrupt my reality i've got this reality around me concerning uh concerning my sexuality concerning money so if someone else is coming and they're claiming to be part of me and their reality is different uh the natural reaction is fight them judge them push them away no no no, no. you are wrong not even your experience is wrong but you you as a whole are wrong so it affects their identity affects who they are and they don't belong so it wasn't until i got to campus when i struggled with pornography and masturbation is when i started having compassion for alice because i needed that compassion <laughs> you know and i was like wait you can be a christian and have a sexual struggle and so one of the things that i think uh, the, the church ought to do is really open up its walls to hear the stories of the congregants hear what you're going through you know there are times you may be preaching a message uh, you, you you know you can ask a question and answer it yourself you're not answering a question that the you know if if i'm talking to you i may assume this is what you want to know so instead of asking you the question instead of you asking me the question and me responding i ask the question for you and i respond it myself you know so i'm not addressing your needs and every need in the congregation i must say this the answer is the gospel they ask the gospel of lord jesus christ but if you took time and understood that uh, when you stand on the pulpit and you crack a gay joke as a pastor um uh, there could be a fifth of your population whom you are hurting and you have no idea they're in there so i would say god humbled me through my own personal struggle with pornography and masturbation he humbled me and made me really repent you know and understand that um not my experience does not mirror to everyone else's and my experience is not above the scriptures i was compelled to go to the scriptures what are the scriptures say the scriptures jesus friend of sinners jesus uh friend uh jesus associated with the tax collectors associated with the teachers of the law when you met him the teachers of the law jesus looked like the greatest acad- academician on earth when he related with the tax collectors i mean he looked like you know he was with it and i realized he was all things to all men this is what paul the apostle said i hope that we can be all things to all men and to know that being the lord jesus christ because the moment you shy away from the gospel the moment you take an angle that looks at anything else you find that you either complicate the trouble of the congregants or number 2 you give false solutions or you end up driving them away through pain and hurt so another fear perhaps to also answer uh, steve's question would be the fear that um we don't have a solution because you know hearing the words i don't know from a minister of the gospel at times can be difficult i don't know about yes, you mulika yes. when 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 someone asks you a question and you don't know <laughs> how now definitely I, I, you know you feel like as a pastor you should know everything yeah. not not just a feeling yeah. the expectation from the congregation and anyone you interact with is that you must have all answers i was once on a panel I was once on a panel um where, where was this let me remember uh to the Sitam Valley Road I can't remember the the forum but I was on a panel and so guys asked questions and then I got to me and I was asked so honest what about and they said I don't know and when they said that first of all the host standard looked at me like you're not supposed to say that oh, he did say that but the look on his face was like you're not supposed to How say that. Say that and then the congregants laughed The yes. congregants laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed <laughs> and the and the and the 
my father moderating seemed to want to help me said but honest i'm sure you can just try let's just, just <laughs> i'm sure you can try you must you can echo you can echo someone's words yeah and i reiterated that i said i don't know and the congregation laughed again and when they laughed the second time i'm so glad that the spirit of the, the, the person moderating uh, was very sensitive to the spirit of god because he got the point he got the point and he said you know what i like that honesty because pastors don't have all the answers they don't have all the answers and he says honest what would you suggest he said since that is a question that is outside the core message of the gospel i would suggest go look for this and this read on that mm. all right mm. and he said and then said, just as a caution however you read on that be aware yeah. that the truth of the gospel is absolute and it shouldn't contradict and i remember living there and initially those are those are voice and i believe it was the voice of the enemy that was telling me you're so daft why did they put you on that panel but then the responses now that i got from who came and said you know thank you he said someone came said you know now i know that everything else that you guys said before is true why because you admitted at some point you did not know and i was like whoa I, the, the church needs to be authentic the church needs to be authentic that if we don't know um ever anything we can actually say we don't know but just again to say that does not mean that we don't do our due diligence and just come and say we don't know okay there is a place where we love the lord with all our mind we read we study what but there are places where simply being authentic can even be uh can can be a point of healing for many people who are looking for answers in the congregation thank you i, I don't know whether steve you have something um i uh, as i agree with what he has said yes. and um i think also one of the fear for the church is the fear anytime when i post something very well meaning people will 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 uh, push back because of the fear and as he said that fear that uh, we are reducing the gospel to what it is not or we we are you know we, we we are running away and this is the truth and i want to be sincere because i'm part of the church um the whole lgbt thing is is a is a whole and i use this word it's a whole complicatedness um both in this political wing social wing and all aspects um and the church doesn't know okay so how do i behave around all this because the church will feel like if the lgbt uh what we will call agenda is all upon us to to disrupt us so every other time there's a push of you need to start uh, doing this uh, so the church doesn't know how to respond and so the, the easiest way it can respond is react and the way it reacts is the reaction of you are seeing these all it is accepted we we say the church to say there is nothing like this and so it's a full stop so the church will be like we kwendeni huko and now it will stand as you know put guards soldiers everywhere to if anything like that comes up shoot 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 and and now we have a culture where it is it looks like it is the church against the lgbt people which um i can feel the church anytime you feel insecure all you want is to fight all you want is to do that and so i i i, I can feel it yesterday i mean this week 
we have many churches. This week, the Methodist Church, I think, conference voted for uh, same-sex marriages, accepting, I think, uh, doing them. Um, and there are many other churches which have gone that way. And the ministry of the gospel who loves the truth and who loves to share God's truth feels, no, we, we, can, we cannot go this way. Uh, so the church, I think, is fearful of all that. And personally, I feel it. That's why I'm willing to, when I'm describing my experiences, use as many words as possible to let the church know I am part of you. I, if you hear me relate with this other group, I can relate with the experience, but in the experience of being a Christian, super seems this. And so I, I see that, and I'm, I'm praying, I'm hoping the church, let's get people who are good in apologetics. Let them research about it. Let them write books. Uh, if someone says it's nature and the church person feels no, go forward. I mean, write good stuff rooted in scripture. Uh, rooted in every other field of study. Do it. And everyone will appreciate something that is well written. Let's do that. If um, the church feels, okay, we need to write a book about compassion. Let's go ahead and write about compassion. Compassionate book. What I'm simply saying is, we can respond and not react. Because if we react, the only thing we'll do, we will stop. Because they say every other time in the church, we may want to be a majority. But we realize the church of, of every other time is among the, the few persecuted who does not fight back most of the time. Though they will, the way of fighting back is not the way others are fighting back. And my, my prayer is that um, there is a danger. I agree personally. Um, and I feel sad when I see churches passing laws, especially on this and that. Um, but I pray will not just react. I pray you respond to a fact that 100 years down the line, because in the West, one of the things they're trying to heal now it's how the church has treated the LGBT people in the past. During the AIDS crisis, the, the church touched people. Uh, but that should not put us away from that compassionate hug, that, 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 that words of affirmation that we could give a person. And more than that, let's, let's not, fear may be there, let's, let's, let's not allow ourselves to live in fear. Um, we can, when, I think when fear dominates us, we do stuff that we could not even have done. But when you can absorb this and say, okay, reality looks like this, how can I best respond as a Christian? I think we'll do better. Thank you. Uh, the expansion of our pool of knowledge as the, a Christian community becomes important in such instances so that we know how to handle complex questions and issues around us. And the complexity is not just around sexuality, but around a lot of things that we face as a Christian community today. And it's important for us to be clear that when we are having this conversation, we're not endorsing alternative sexuality. What we are pushing for is a summary of the gospel as Jesus put it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. And so when we talk about sin, it is the love for God because if you seek to love God and honor God, you will not practice sin. If you love your neighbor as you love yourself, you will appreciate that you have personal struggles that might be so private and unknown to the world and you wouldn't want to be condemned based on those struggles. You will embrace and love everyone, however different they are from you however much you feel that they do things that you do not approve of. Because
because our love is not based on our judgment. Our love is based on the command from God. And so I'd like to bring this to a close at that. Thank you very much, Steve, for joining us today. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing your story together with us and even speaking to the church community on what we can do to make it better and to love everyone in this community. And uh, Ernest, excellent exposition of scripture in terms of enlightening us on how to handle things that uh, are a bit complex sometimes for our own consumption. And uh, thank you for allowing God to use you in such a powerful way to speak to us.